1: We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we're going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the warning woods. You ever read the old versions of the classic fairy tales? They were definitely written by people who were actually afraid of kids getting eaten by wolves. Those are the versions I was read as a kid because we lived up in Alaska, where bears or wolves killed two of our dogs and a goat, and my folks were real scared for me. My dad was a potato farmer, and my mom helped him out while also schooling me. I didn't have any friends. I didn't even know any other kids. There were some other families around who we saw at the little church house every Sunday, but their kids were all grown. None of them wanted to hang out with a little kid like me. I always wanted to explore. Mom was teaching me about the world, but I hadn't seen much of it for myself beyond our battered fence. Exploration was strictly forbidden, though. Too dangerous, what with all the wildlife and all. And I don't just mean predators. There's stuff like moose you gotta watch out for up there. You don't want to cross a moose any more than you want to cross a mama bear, let me tell you. I watched a moose die once, though. Heard it moan its last breath with my own two ears. Know what did it? Wolves. Whole pack of them. See they circled up and got that moose to panic. It pounced around and wore itself out while the wolves circled closer and closer. I watched this all happen from behind our fence when I was five years old five years old when I watched those wolves tear big, long pieces of bloody flesh from that big bull moose's hide. Mom caught me looking and dragged me inside. She was always so scared of wolves. She tried to make me scared too with those fairy tales, but the fairy tales stopped scaring me after I watched the moose die. The wolf stories, anyway. See, not one of those stories talks about the wolf's pack. Wolves are pack animals. They hunt together. I seen it myself. It made no sense to me that some lone wolf was trying to take down three pigs. I don't care how little. So I decided not to be scared anymore. The fairy tales were just fiction. I followed my desire to explore and started sneaking under the fence pretty often when mom sent me outside so she could lay down for a bit. The potato farm was next to some deep woods. That's where the animals that killed our dogs came from. I started venturing in there once I worked up the courage. I only went a few trees deep at first, but eventually made it about a quarter mile. I never saw anything dangerous until one day when I wasn't even the deepest I ever went. That day, I saw the lone wolf. He was a big one, too. He had a thick neck and muscular shoulders which rippled as he crept toward me. I got so scared and started looking all over for the rest of the pack. I figured I couldn't run because one of the wolves I hadn't spotted yet would snag me. But the more I looked the more convinced I was that the lone wolf really was alone. So I ran. It was all I could do. I ran as hard as I thought I could, then as hard as I really could when I heard those heavy paws crushing the dead foliage behind me. The wolf pounced with a vicious bark and pounded me to the ground. I screamed for help as it snapped at my neck and pawed at my clothes. I heard my mother's voice, distant but strong. I heard a shotgun pump. The wolf pressed hard on me, pushing itself off, and then it went tearing through the woods and didn't come back. Mom appeared with her shotgun still aimed into the trees. She told me to get up and follow her. Police came to our house and asked me about the attack. They were like me. They didn't believe wolves hunted alone, but I told them this one had. It had hunted me. The police took the attack very seriously. I couldn't figure why human police were so interested in a bad wolf. They talked to mom for a long time. She started talking about names and addresses, and she mentioned church a few times, so I guessed she was trying to give those cops a sorta map for where that wolf might go next. I remember church was real weird that Sunday. I remember thinking it was probably something to do with the wolf attacking me, but mom said it was because one of the pastor's kids, one of the grown ones, had gotten arrested. I asked her what for, and she looked at me all surprised, like I should know. I don't like feeling stupid so I didn't ask again. When I was old enough to drive, I started taking myself to high school 15 miles away. The dating pool was pretty shallow, so it didn't take me long to meet somebody. Harley was the first girl I ever kissed, and because neither of us saw any better options around us, we got married at 19. We moved down to Washington to find work and lived in the lower half of a duplex. We tried to have a baby, but Harley never got pregnant. It's probably for the best, seeing how we got kicked out and Harley left me seven months later, but I'm getting ahead of myself. All the windows in our duplex were at ground level. They were full-sized windows, you know, for fire code and all that, but they were very low. If I was home when the mailman came, I could only see his shoes and pant legs pass by the kitchen window. One night, while I was sitting on our bed and staring out into the street, just spacing off, I saw him again the lone wolf. He crept out of my neighbor's backyard which backed right up to some pine woods. He crossed the street and came right up to our house. I slid off the bed to hide behind it. Harley was out in the kitchen and I whispered loud at her to get low and stay quiet. The wolf came right up to the window and started sniffing around. I don't think he saw me cause he never looked straight at me, but he knew I was there. I saw it in his intelligent yellow eyes. The eyes of a wolf make them look a thousand years old. I've never seen another animal with eyes like that, but I couldn't get too lost in the eyes of the lone wolf because its mouth reminded me what it really was, a top-tier killing machine. Its mouth hung open, drooling pink slime. The fur around it was dyed red. Harley didn't listen to me, as if she ever listened to me about anything. She strolled right into the bedroom, upright, and spooked that wolf so bad I worried it might crash through the glass. It scrambled away, kicking rocks at the window as it tore off. Harley wanted to call 911 and report what happened. She acted all crazy-like, telling me I was underreacting, that I didn't care enough about her, all this nonsense. Well, we weren't in any danger, so I didn't want to bother the cops, you know. I told Harley not to worry, that the wolf had come for me and failed before. That's, I think, when she decided I was insane. See, because she tried to tell me it wasn't a wolf out there at all. She never let go of that belief. Funny thing is, after all those accusations about me not caring about her and whatnot, Harley only thought I was even crazier when I started doing stuff to protect us. For starters, I sprayed the outside of the window frames with pepper spray in the evening so that if a wolf came sniffing around at night, he'd get a nose full of the stuff. When Harley came in from work, her eyes all puffy and red, she said our whole house smelled like sour ginger and piss. I guess she was more sensitive to the spray than me. It burned my nose pretty good, but I got used to it after a while. I told her she would too. Trouble started for us when the neighbors complained, though. They didn't bother coming to us. The weasels went straight to the landlord. I had to quit using the spray. I thought it would be okay, though. I hadn't seen the wolf since that one night. But it came back, this time while we were asleep, and this time, it got inside. It knocked a frame picture off the end table in the living room, that's the only reason we woke up. I went out there without stopping to think, I didn't grab my gun or nothing. Protect Harley, that's all that was running through my foggy mind. A primal rage, a blindness, came over me when I heard that picture frame break. The wolf pounced at me as soon as I came out. I wrestled my way onto its back while it snapped at me with its bloody jaws. All I could think to do was wrap my arms around its throat and squeeze. Squeeze until it stopped moving. While I was choking out the wolf, I heard Harley on the phone with the police. I yelled to her, told her it was going to be okay. I told her we didn't need police because it was just a wolf and I'd handled wolves before. But the wolf twisted away from me. I guess he had all he could take because as soon as he was free he bolted out the door he'd broken in from and disappeared into the woods. Harley told me she didn't want me to talk to the cops. She wanted to handle the report. I didn't think it mattered too much, so I let her do it. I don't like cops anyway. Back when I was a kid and got attacked by the lone wolf, the cops had all acted like I was touched by a disease or something. They made me feel sick or crazy, kind of like Harley was starting to do, I realized. A bunch of cops showed up and started searching all over the neighborhood. Our duplex neighbors came out, but Harley wouldn't let me talk to them either. She told them I had been through a lot, which was true, but I really felt fine. I was angry about the wolf having gotten in, but otherwise, yeah, I was just fine. Well, I decided not to let that animal surprise us again. I had a feeling it might come back, so I polished up my old shotgun and started keeping it loaded by the bedroom door. But I started having trouble sleeping. That's the one thing that changed after the wolf got in. I think it sorta psychologically poked me. What I mean is, some people, like soldiers, get mental scars. I think I got a mental bruise. If I just laid in bed, I'd get this twisty sort of feeling right in my heart. If it got bad enough, I sometimes had trouble breathing. But I figured out if I stayed up and occupied myself with this or that, the twisty feeling stayed away. A few days after the wolf got in, I was feeling antsy like it might come back soon. So I went out after dark and sat by the door with my gun. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Not by the hair of my 20-gauge Remington, you know? I heard a noise around midnight. I pumped my gun and nestled it snug in my shoulder. I didn't plant my cheek into the stock yet so I could keep my head on a swivel. My dad didn't teach me a whole lot before I left home, but that was one tip he gave me. I saw something coming around the house out of the corner of my eye and swung the gun around. I dug my cheek into the stock and put the sight right on one of our neighbor's heads. That's why we got kicked out. With nowhere to live and hardly thinking I had lost my mind, she left me. She just disappeared one day and mailed me the divorce papers. I signed them straight away. I missed her dearly, but I didn't want to be hitched to someone who didn't trust me, you know. I could have gone back to Alaska to live with my parents while I got back on my feet, but I had a feeling if I did that, getting back on my feet would be pretty tough to do. I stayed in Washington, leased somebody's guest house for a year, and kept working. Harley had split clean and didn't ask me for anything in the divorce, so before long I had a nice little nest egg and was able to get out on my own again. If you'd asked me on Rachel's first day of work whether I would go out with her, I would have told you never. Rachel was about 30 or 31 when I met her. When you're only 21, 30 seems up there. But we fell for each other in time. I'm still not sure exactly what she saw in me. Maybe the ruggedness harsh Alaska had instilled in me? I certainly looked older than I was. Maybe Rachel was just trying to hold on to youth. I don't know. No, I take that back. She's a great person, and I don't want to disrespect her like that. Rachel had her own income, her own savings, so after we got married we pooled everything together and bought ourselves a nice little house. Then it all came apart again. I bet you can guess why. When I lay out the past like this, lay it all flat like a map of myself, I see patterns in my life that weren't obvious while I was living it. Like how that wolf reared its bloody head only when things were going okay. Only when I felt safe and secure. It showed up when I had the safety of my parents' roof over my head. It showed up when things were going great with me and Harley. And it showed up again with Rachel. I never saw even an ordinary wolf while I was living in the guest house or the apartment I got before Rachel. The lone wolf returned one night when I was alone in the garage. I didn't see it, but I heard it. It rattled the chain-link fence around the backyard. I was under our car changing the oil at the time and I rolled out as soon as I heard it. I thought maybe a deer had jumped the fence and gotten stuck in the yard. I threw the back door open carelessly and stepped out, but I didn't see nothing there. Not at first. I peeked under our patio furniture to see if maybe a raccoon or something small was hiding from me, but nothing was there either. Then I heard a clatter in the shed. Yeah, we had a little shed in the backyard, just some kit the previous owner built. It was already rotting and falling apart, but we kept the lawnmower, the wheelbarrow, and some gardening supplies in there anyway. It didn't have a lock, just an ordinary latch, and that evening, as I squinted through the fading light of dusk, I saw the latch had been undone. It could be opened with a simple twist. A clever wolf could figure it out. So you know what I did? You're guessing I did something insane, aren't you? Do you think I'm crazy too? like my parents and Harley and Rachel. Do you think I've lost my mind? Well, guess what? All I did was latch the door. Problem solved. I twisted the latch and went inside to call for help and get my gun. I went for the gun first, then picked up my phone. As I looked up the number for animal control, I went to the kitchen and looked at the shed through the window. The doors were wide open. The latch busted off. Rachel would tell you that's when I got a little… paranoid. I pepper sprayed our windows like I did at the duplex. I also put hunting traps around the fence and in the shed. Rachel put motion detecting lights outside and tried to tell me that was all we needed. That a wolf would be scared off by the light and we didn't have to hurt it with traps. But she didn't understand. I wanted to hurt it. That damn wolf had been stalking me since I was a kid. I was done letting it ruin my life. I wanted to trap it in the backyard, look into its cold, yellow eyes, laugh at its snarling, stained teeth, put my gun against its skull, and pull the trigger. I wanted to pop its head like a watermelon and let nature take care of the rest. I wanted one brutal second of violence so I could spend the rest of my life, our life, in peace. Rachel didn't care for this attitude, especially as it bled into our life outside the house. I started carrying a 45 everywhere, even though I didn't have a permit. What? I'd rather go to jail for an unlicensed firearm than get eaten alive by an oversized dog. Rachel didn't like the gun. She didn't like the traps. And she didn't like how I stayed up late every night waiting for her motion lights to click on so I could run out in the yard and end my vendetta once and for all. Twice she startled me during my night watch. Once, I drew my gun on her. That was Rachel's final straw. The following morning, I woke and went out into the house. I heard my wife's voice and what I first perceived to be a man's voice outside. I cracked open the door and froze. Standing out there on my patio, directly in front of my wife, stood the wolf. Its yellow eyes shifted from Rachel to me. Its bloody jaws parted in the corners, showing teeth. Rachel turned toward me, then quickly back to the wolf. She told the wolf to wait, then pushed me back inside and closed the door behind us. I asked Rachel how she could betray me, how she could partner with my lifelong enemy to work against me. Rachel told me how the wolf could help me. She told me she was afraid of me, which is a crazy thing for someone working with a wolf to say. The wolf pounded at the door. Rachel told me she was going to let him in. I snatched her away, and she screamed. I locked the door. The wolf pounded. It howled. So did Rachel. But I was saving her as well as myself. I knew that wolf couldn't be trusted. It didn't need Rachel. She must not have understood. It was a lone wolf. It was only using her. But then the wolf was not alone. Rachel's screaming summoned them all. Their howls echoed in the distance and zeroed in from all directions. When the others arrived, the pack stayed back while the lone wolf continued barking at me. Rachel said he just wanted me to let her go. I refused. I had to protect her. Rachel said the wolf was going to get in. She said he was going to kill me if I didn't let her go. Kill me? So it was her the wolf wanted. Had it been her all along? The lone wolf could see us through the window now, so I dragged Rachel to the drawer where I kept my forty five, and I put it to her head. I told the wolf that if he didn't leave me alone, I was going to blow his precious human's head off, and then I would do the same to him. The pack watched from behind him. Then came the boom. The crash. The sudden, infinite silence. This darkness, the forever black, is where I woke. I don't know how long ago the wolf came to the door. I don't know what happened to my wife, Rachel. I loved her. I might still, if I can ever forgive her. Forgiveness feels far away in the forever black. I'm not dead. If I was, I wouldn't be able to feel my head throbbing all day and night, if such things still exist. I wouldn't be able to feel my body, sore and cold, or hear the wolves all around me. They often leave me alone for what feels like hours. It's during those times I try to wake myself up. But I have to be careful, because if I come too close to waking, if I manage to wiggle a finger or twitch my toes, they always come running and surround me. At their whines and howls, I go still. you made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. The next best way is to buy merch from thewarningwoods.myshopify.com. The link is also in the description below. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into the Warning Woods. Thank you for listening.